We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome in. Lucky Lucky Podcast. I'm your boy, Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. We are brought to you and featuring Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. Shout out to everybody that climbed to 3,000 is real. It's because of you that we get up and we talk Notre Dame football each and every day, and we will continue to spend it different on today's podcast. We will discuss what the players have to say going into the Navy matchup. We'll hear from safety DJ Brown on the preparation for the defense. We'll hear from starting quarterback Drew Pine and what it takes to maximize the minimum opportunities and possessions that you get against Navy. And then we're going to hear from Tommy Reese on preparation from Navy as well, along with your guy left, Audrey Estimate. That's right. Audrey Estimate talking about the dominant run game and how it continues to be the spear for the Notre Dame offense going for that November sweep that we said was possible back at the end of October. Once again, we appreciate you guys. Big announcement, if you guys haven't seen it on social media, we are now the official Notre Dame podcast for CFB Nation in partnership with Irish Breakdown. Our live shows will still go on on the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube page, but now you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts each and every day courtesy of the CFB Nation stream and also in connection with Irish Breakdown. Man, left feels good to be in partnership. And now that everything has settled, uh, we can kind of let people behind the curtain on what took place with Locked On. Uh, you want? Do you want to talk about it? I can talk about it. I, I mean, it's want- no big deal, I guess. I mean... We're not with them. We with who we with, and I think we like what we're doing a lot better. So, look, I'll keep it a buck. Left, you know, left is so left will be a good politician. He really would. 
left would be a great politician slash alderman, senator, governor. Yeah, that's in that might be in your future, bro. Might be in the future. Um appreciative of the opportunity, the conversation to, to even get to the point to be able to join uh that network and that family at the time. Unfortunately, things uh could not be hammered out correctly from a contractual standpoint and uh certain things that were being asked of us we just felt like it was too much and we had to take a stand and that was it and we took a stand uh no hard feelings much success to everyone on their network we've actually come to meet some people on their network and become really cool with them we look forward to those relationships continuing down the road and blossoming and possibly having them on the show as guests but you know we appreciate it because we feel like the greater is ahead and we're appreciative of cfp nation irish breakdown and brian driscoll for the opportunity so if i'm not mistaken i think i'm gonna go ahead and put this right here in the chat that's the link right now to the podcast stream right now here we go. You need to download each and every day. Download the podcast each and every day. Check it out. We're going to release special content on CFB Nation that you will not get on the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube page, especially when it comes to recruiting, Malik's breakdown of certain quarterbacks in the transfer portal coming up. All of those special types of content will only be on CFB Nation. So go and download that right now download that right now or connect to it so that you can receive the automatic download each and every day we end the show right around 11 45 on a daily basis so by noon 15 minutes later the audio should be ready to go and you should be able to receive it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
constantcontact.com. Check it out. You ready, love? Be ready. LL question of the day. This one right here, I can't wait to see the responses, bro. LL question of the day. Is this the game that we allow Drew Pond to throw more? Knowing that we might need him to throw the ball against USC. Is this the week you open the offense for Drew Pond and the receivers to build going into the USC matchup and a potential big time bowl game? Question of the day. Question of the day. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, what do you think? Does Drew Pond get 25 to 30 passes against Navy? We've seen Tommy throw the football with Jack Cohn 60 times in a game before. <laughs> 60. Nothing's out of the realm of possibilities when you have Tommy Reese man in the sticks behind the offense. So I think if any game, this would be the game to build Drew's confidence, uh, give him some of the concepts he's really good at, stuff that he's comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, and be able to execute and more situations than just being able to just go out there and throw 30 passes. So I think it would be good to challenge Drew in situational downs. Um, not too much because we got to score to stay ahead because you don't want to play behind the uh, the ball of what Navy's trying to do to you. So, you know, get your rushing touchdowns in. But if we get up two scores, definitely think, you know, in third and eight situations, third and seven to 10 plus, I think that uh, it would be great to see him work some concepts that he can really take with him uh, in weeks forward. So you want to accomplish at leaving that game with everybody feeling much more confident about what they've been trained to do, uh, especially in the tough win that this is going to take. But who knows, man, uh, it'll be good to blow them out by 100 points too, just running the football. So we'll see how it goes. Once again, this Saturday, Notre Dame goes on the road to take on the Navy midshipmen. I, I know it's the house that Lamar plays in, but it is literally the house that uh, your boy 52 built along with Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. Yeah, the MNT, right? MNT Bank Stadium. It's the house that Ray Lewis and Ed Reed built the home of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm pretty sure that Kyle Hamilton will probably be in the house unless they're on the road this week. They played on Monday night, so they should – yeah, they should be home. I think they're going into a bye week. I think he'll be at the game more than likely. Six and three Notre Dame against three and six Navy. M&T Bank Stadium on Saturday. Are you ready, Left? It's third. You know what that means. That means Malik's three keys to the game, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. Can't wait to hear these left. Man, three keys to the game. I think having over uh, 10 explosive plays, I think, is going to count due to the fact that I I believe we should, uh, if any game, try these guys deep with a Tobias, with a Brayden Lindsey, try to catch our receivers up on some stats. So 10 explosive plays I think is possible. Uh, I think we should win this game. Uh, key to the game 
is by being up early. I think if we can get up two touchdowns before the half, I think the second half we can start seeing some of the younger guys get in there like Angeli. Uh, you can see some of the young freshmen on defense and offense play, hopefully. So be up two touchdowns before half is my second point. And then last point, just stay healthy. I think, you know, be aggressive, but stay healthy. Uh, leave the game with no injuries, I think, is the biggest win when you're going into an academy week like this. The academies, we talked about how disciplined they play, including Navy. And even though they're three and six, it's no, no doubt. Notre Dame has struggled, and we're going to use this game to see if they turn the corner and they have matured as a team and really bought into the vision of Marcus Freeman. In doing so, one of the keys to look for is whether or not they're able to play above the level of their competition, right? We've seen them step up to the plate against the best teams on their schedule. Against the lesser teams, uh, not so much. The performance hasn't been as brilliant from the Notre Dame fighting Irish. However, this game is the first opportunity after Notre Dame has played so well for not only the team, but for certain individuals to continue their excellence. Audrey estimate, can he put together three consecutive 100-yard games? Five and a half sacks in the last three games by Isaiah Foskey. Can he add to that total and stay on the roll? Going down to the going into the rest of the season, six punt blocks leads the nation as a special teams unit. Can Notre Dame change the trajectory of a game once again and make a big play on special teams? Yeah. Can it be a return? Can it be a kick return? A punt return? I will tell you this: Navy and their place kicker, big time struggles this year. Big time struggle this year. They've had four field goals blocked this season and they have struggled mightily in the place kicking game and trying to convert field goals so that's something to look for in this game if navy is able to move into the red zone notre dame who struggles once again i mean i know the game was pretty much that marcus freeman took credit for calling off the dogs defensively and allowing clemson to score because he didn't want to give up the big play but once again when clemson got into the red zone they were able to score touchdowns. The strength of this Notre Dame defense is being able to keep teams out of the red zone. But they yeah. struggle to stop teams and keep them the field goals once they get into the red zone. Right. And Notre Dame keep Navy in the field goal. And I think, don't you think Navy will probably be uber aggressive this week? Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, yeah. I can see a lot of yeah, they would play with nothing to lose. Yeah. You know? So I would assume that they're going to show us stuff that we probably haven't seen before, try mm -hmm. things that they usually wouldn't. I mean, this is another Super Bowl game for another team that, you know, probably circled it on their schedule, knowing that they got us there. So uh, you got to expect everything defensively and then offensively. They're going to really stick to their guns. I think if anything, they watched Stanford and was like, if we stick to our guns, we'll be all right. So – Hopefully that doesn't come out the case this time. Now, this is going to be an extreme battle, bro, because Navy is third in the nation in time of possession. They possess the ball 58% of the game. 58% of the game. That's third in the nation. Notre Dame is six 
and oh, six and zero when they possess the ball for 30 minutes or more. This is going to be good on good to see who can really control the tempo of this game. And the Notre Dame offensive line, even though they're going up against an undersized, just like with Syracuse, an undersized defense and defensive front, it's going to be interesting to see if they can continue that trend. And this is why I asked the question, is this the game where you go heavy play action and take advantage of this neighborhood. Because I watched the Houston game, and I watched the Cincinnati game, and the big plays came in the passing game for both teams. Houston has struggled this year. Cincinnati is nowhere near the team that they've been the previous two years. But they were able to make big plays in the passing game. That's why we came with the LL question the other day with Drew Pine. Yeah, I think you know when you're when you're considering opening it up with the play action, it, it it takes a setup of the run. I think Navy is expecting us to run the football up the middle, expecting us to just give us the three, the three horsemen we have back there. But it's critical that you know we have good play structure to be able to set up these uh, play actions to be able to protect through when they're trying these defenses that we may not have seen yet through blitzes and and different coverages they run. Uh, we know they're going to be very disciplined, so getting behind them is probably going to be a little harder than expected just because they're very disciplined. I mean, they don't have any penalties, so you got to uh, believe that those guys, if anything, are going to do their job. <laughs> and, and it's going to be a little tougher to get behind them, but we're more athletic, we're more talented, so we should be able to uh, scheme some things up for that, and Drew's got to hit it. I mean, there's been plenty of times we've gotten behind the defense and just hasn't hit it. So I think him executing, I mean, actualizing uh, these throws and these deep throws and making it happen is going what is what's it going to take? Because we know we can call it. Yeah, we've seen that through the year. We know we can call it. So it ain't all on Tommy, and we got to be able to perform when he calls it or when it's out there. Marcus Freeman talked about knowing that the offense needs to improve. And knowing that going into the last three games of the season, he said that immediately after the Clemson game, coming off the biggest win of the season. So with all of that being said, and we're talking about Drew Pine opening it up, and does Tommy give him the opportunity to improve himself in the passing game against the Navy midshipmen who are vulnerable to big plays in the passing game? Is this the game that you try to get Lorenzo Styles going, who has struggled mightily with drops recently? Yeah, it's just a connection thing, I think. Just the more they work after practice, yeah. the more Drew gains trust in him in the game, like a game like this game to give him early, like six six throws, you know, just something where uh, they can build on the rapport. I think he was really uh, keen on Tyler being the guy this season, so uh, that can just throw off the, the chemistry a little bit. But I do think he's still a really good player that, you know, it's not just him struggling, but the whole the whole receiver room, isn't where it should be as all the other position groups seem to be catching a little bit of fire, especially at tight end room. So I think that as a collective, they can all do a little bit better, but this is a game where we can take that next step in that room specifically. And it's truly been a joint effort when we talk about the Notre Dame running backs, the only team in the nation where all three running backs have over 85 carries. 
Aldrick Estime and Logan Diggs are both on pace to eclipse the 800-yard mark. It just makes you think if they had been this aggressive and played this well in the running game and allowed the offensive line to eat from week one, and understanding that Jared Patterson wasn't totally healthy probably until the third or fourth game, that played a part into it. But if they had gone into this season with this mindset, not putting a lot, a lot of pressure on Tyler Buckner and putting a lot on his shoulders and just allowing him to evolve, and kind of ride the coattails of this offensive line, you possibly could have had two 1,000-yard rushers on this on this team. That That's really incredible because they really didn't start going as an offense in a running game until the second quarter of that Cal game. Right. They definitely didn't. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they do it this time. I think, if anything, Drew just needs to build confidence in what yeah. – and what is being called and what those guys can do and trust in their abilities. So I don't know. I just think it's going to, it shouldn't be a struggle. Hopefully we can blossom to the, to the second portion of the offense that can really make us a top five contending offense. Uh, especially if we want to get close to a January six bowl. You still think that January six bowl is possible. Don't you even with three losses? I forgot we had three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we said it yesterday on the podcast. They can get into the top ten. Yeah, I mean, we because all the top ten plays each other. And then you got the Big Ten championship games and stuff. So I think if we just went out, mm-hmm. we'll at least be ten. At least. Because if we beat USC, you know, USC mess around, beat UCLA – I mean, we're going to be sitting in a real good position beating them to get to a January 6th bowl where we play probably LSU again like they always do. Yeah. So once again, M&T Bank Stadium, Saturday, noon kickoff, Eastern time, Notre Dame, walks into that stadium, 6-3, and three, trying to go and extend to 7-3 and three and take one more step to sweeping the month of November and marching to that top 10 in the CFP rankings. I do find it interesting, though. What's up? (laughs) How they always talk about, you know, pine time, and but they never show, like, you know, usually when your quarterback is doing really well, they're showing highlights of the quarterback. I don't really see too many highlights. I just see articles and a bunch of fanfare for pine time. So I need to see some more explosive plays, some actual highlights from the quarterback position to make me believe. And I think just the the non-delusional fans about where our offense is right now that we actually have something at that position that's a threat to a defense. Like, I don't want to hear these numbers and these percentages and these and these and analytics. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if a quarterback was worth it, even the one that's at Florida, they showing highlights of him running 80 yards for a touchdown, even though they lose. Yeah. He's got amazing plays. Because he's a threat on a team. He's still a, a viable uh, option on that team. So, you know, until I start seeing some highlights with Drew's making some plays, don't be showing me no numbers talking about pie time. I don't care you're six and one because that can be misleading. Where the six and one highlights at? That's what I want to see because we see it from guys that are doing it. Bryce Young lost against Tennessee and lost against uh, who's that? LSU. Yeah. There's highlights in that game. 
Well, you're like, oh, they should have won if he if they backed him up on that or they caught that or they did. So I think that's just the difference. I don't so want to be interesting. You yeah. know, the end of, you know, the celebrate where you fall in on a five-yard run touchdown. No, no, no. That's not a highlight. That's not a highlight. If they got to show you celebrating in, in the Conor McGregor quotes and walks, that's not no, that's not signifying that you're playing at an elite level. No. So LL Nation, what do you think about it? Should Notre Dame open up the air game against Navy? Raphael Caldwell, thanks for tapping in. Said, "Yes, sir. Let Drew throw. We appreciate you." I got Greg Lisbon Jr. as always tapping in with us. He says, "Open it up." Joe Hutchinson, thank you for tapping in. If we don't do it this week, we never will. Like yeah, I've gone on will. record. And look, we changed the lucky lefty legislation for Drew Pine on yesterday. The legislation was 220 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. We decided to lower the bar on yesterday and introduce new legislation. Now we just want a buck fifty. That's That's it. It. Give us a buck fifty, two touchdowns, no turnovers. We're going over 200 yards on the ground. We fully expect that. Let's go. That's it. Let's yep. go. Because when we asked for 220, he gave us 280 against North Carolina. So, you know, we're trying to be uh, a little psychological with it. We're trying to say, okay, if he can give us 150, maybe he'll give us the 220 that we settled on in the beginning. Speaking mm. into existence, and maybe he'll give it to us. So once again, Notre Dame Navy, Saturday, noon kickoff. Here we go, left. You got to figure out what to eat once again. Notre Dame fans, you know, we, we don't like these 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock for me, noon on the East Coast, which means it's 9 a.m. for you, left. Nothing's open. Nothing open. No wings. Nowhere to go. You got to eat an omelet. Yeah. I got to I gotta go to Denny's. They don't even got TVs over there. You going to get the Grand Slam breakfast? Yeah, they don't even got a Waffle House, nothing. So they put me in an awkward position. I probably got to go to the casino or something. <laughs> casinos have really good food, though. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Keep it real. They got good you food. Know, casinos have some of the best food, man. Yeah. The, well, I don't do the buffet anymore. And hopefully other people don't with what's going on. But, yeah, Lucky Lefty Podcast. In a few seconds, we're going to talk about what the players have to say about Navy. Don't forget, you can go right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, CFB Nation, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Every day, you can get it in partnership with Irish Breakdown. We spend it different. You dig? You dig. Now, Left, let's get to the players. Drew Pine. Should they open it up? And he met with the media this week. And it was interesting because they asked him some really good questions that I thought, you know what? How are things going to be different? And how are you going to approach Navy? And what do you expect from Navy? And this is what Drew Pine had to say. Well, you know, I think part of being at Notre Dame is you're always going to get – uh, you know the other team's best game and 
you know, I think Navy's a great team. They play very hard, and, you know, it's a tough opponent every single year. And, you know, we just got to focus on what, what we can control, and that's just practicing as hard as we can and doing everything we can to, you know, be able to be successful on Saturday. So, uh, you know, we're just approaching it uh, and learning and getting better every single every single day in practice. Drew, you've played, you guys have played your best football against your toughest opponents. And Navy, obviously, while they're tough in terms of the physical play, their record is not there. How do you guys make sure there is not a letdown this week? Um, you know, what I always say, it's something that Conor McGregor says, if you sleep on a win, you wake up with a loss. Uh, you know, that's what our whole entire thing of coming in yesterday, and, or sorry, coming in Sunday and practicing and flushing the game, learning from it. And, you know, something that Coach Freeman has instilled in the whole team and Coach Reese as well as, you know, we can't let winning mask uh, the true outcome of plays of the game. So you got to learn and get better no matter what the outcome was in the game. And, um, you know, we all understand that that was a great game, but we got to move on and we're on to Navy. And, you know, that's just what we've done every single week of, of this whole entire year. So we just got to keep on getting better. Yo, we're going to need this kid against USC. We need him against USC. And as disappointed as we have been in his performances recently, we know when he shows up against Caleb Williams, who, in my opinion, is low-key one of the leaders in the Heisman race, mm -hmm. in my opinion. That's why it's my opinion. Others probably disagree, in my opinion. I'll go a step further. If he was a junior, he would probably be one or two to be taken by the quarterbacks. He'd be right behind CJ. My opinion, though. I definitely think he would be in front of Will Levis. I still don't understand how that dude is the second-ranked quarterback. I over Bryce Young, according to scouts. I don't get it. We'll see. But Drew talked about that. There's a mandate by Marcus Freeman to get better. Clemson wasn't good enough. We've all said it was the most complete game that they've played. But it's being put right in front of them by the head coach. No. Get better. Drew, you have to play better. You have to play better against Boston College, and you have to culminate it and cap it off with your best performance against USC. We need you. We need you. And it has to start this week. I'm glad to see that he knows that, you know, he can do his Conor McGregor walk and quote Conor McGregor. That's fine. Take care of your business. Just take care of your business. And this team will go to an NY6 Bowl, in my opinion, and come away with a victory. That's my – I really think they have that potential. Yeah, we definitely have the potential. I think Drew's whole thing is – just don't lose the game. I think we found a way to win where he's had, he can play at his, you know, his average. So, you know, holding on to the football and ball security is, is the number one goal yeah. uh, for Drew and not putting the team in bad positions. And then take the wins when you can. If there's an opportunity in the game where you can get a red zone touchdown like you did and you ran it in or, you can get a couple good passes off on some situational uh, times in the game that can get us out of a spot like being backed up or, you know, big third down. 
I think yeah. those are the, the the pockets in which you can make this team uh, continue to go. But we do know that you can be a big roadblock for the team turning the football over or, you know, even going 0 for 6 on third down. I think uh, passing, we were still able to blow out a top four team. So just don't turn the ball over and, and make the little plays when you can and you're going to keep us in a good – keep us afloat until we get that – uh the the next piece for us. So it's interesting. Another thing that he brought up was understanding that, like we say it all the time, we don't have to tell Drew Pond about his play. He, he knows, he knows. And earlier he talked about his relationship with Tommy Reese and, you know, being able to take the criticism from Tommy and the development from Tommy, which a lot of people can call into question because most feel like we really haven't seen proper development at the quarterback position in recent years at Notre Dame. For Drew Pine to still be struggling with foot footwork, things of that nature, how normal is that? Is that normal for quarterbacks to still be dealing with things during the season, trying to correct things, self-correct, self-examine? Or is that something that's just, you know what, it is what it is. We don't have time for that. We'll get to that in the offseason because you've gone through it. Well, your habits are your habits as the season grows and gets longer in the two. Mm-hmm. But as a quarterback, you have to always continue and remember that you're getting 5% worse on your technique and because you have habits from the game and different looks and things of that nature. So, you know, around week five and just even after practice every day, you should be doing the drills that you do Mm -hmm. to start the season with just to continue to get that muscle memory because there's a lot of things that happen in the game that can give you bad habits. So that's something that a quarterback with the, the, the wantingness of being great, uh, has to have, and I think Drew, you know, can learn uh, how to continue to get through a season because he hasn't been through a season as a starter. So there's many things he's probably learning on his first time on being prepared each and every week because usually, you know, he'd be drinking by the time that game was over. Not playing. <laughs> that's a joke. But uh, <laughs> please specify that that's a joke. That's a joke. That's that's just a joke, guys. But uh, I do think. It's exciting, you know, especially I remember going out there and being a starter for the season, learning yourself and the things that you do on an individual level to get ready week to week. And I think he's learning that. And especially as the season grows, he'll notice himself get a little uh, sloppy in his technique. And hopefully he can keep in the, uh, the mind frame of doing it every day after practice, even the little basic stuff that you don't think you need, but it keeps you in line to make you uh, accurate throughout the season because everybody dips a little bit in their completion percentage just because of bad habits throughout the season. So I do think uh, that attention to detail, you mentioned it a couple weeks earlier about staying after practice with guys is going to help is uh, getting through, uh, you know, the end of the season and, and staying strong during the end of the season. It's like lifting, you yeah. gotta, you know, lift throughout the season, you know, to stay strong so because you, you lose uh, muscle as it goes on too. Drew Pine, how wonderful it is, is it to be the quarterback behind an offensive line as dominant as Notre Dame's? 
I mean, those guys just come to work every single day and practice as hard as they can. Um, I mean, that group of guys are like this. Every single one of them is extremely close. And, you know, it's a credit to Coach Heastan as well. You know, I, I went up after the game, like, but I think when they showed me going crazy on the sidelines, I went over to the old line and hugged every one of them. And Coach Heastan was uh, drawing something up with like a minute, le with like right before he went out of victory formation. I was like, what could he be doing? And I gave Coach Heastan a hug too. So, uh, you know, those guys just work their tails off. And I'm so glad that I'm able to you know, be in the backfield with, with those guys protecting me, so. I remember the day Harry Heastan got hired officially at Notre Dame and returned. We did a show, and you came on the show within the first minute you said Notre Dame is back. You knew even then, despite the struggles at the start of the season, you knew what was coming because of Harry Heastan being at the helm leading the way with the offensive line. Absolutely. Like we said, we got our we got our mojo back with he stand. And that's just a quarterback that's just really excited uh and grateful to have and know what he has. Yeah. Uh protecting him each and every week. Facts. Uh making the game a lot easier. Cause lo and behold, we had a shaky offensive line and Drew had to avoid pressure or he was the most hit quarterback in the country we would be terrible so to keep him upright and his jersey clean throughout the season so far he you damn right he's hugging he stand on the sideline because he knows if it had to be on him it would be a lot of booze and going on so yeah he stand is a and, and what he's done with this offensive line just in one year of, of getting back into the groove of things shows how important he is uh, to the offense and the development of this offense and the evolution of this offense and to see guys around uh, the skill position around the offensive line develop in of itself and become into its own and and have time. Uh, I think it's just uh, an important thing to realize that that's why we're so good every year. When we had East Ham, we were good every year because that offensive line gave us a chance. Something that he struggled with third downs in particular, batted balls by the defensive line. Who do you put that on at this point? Is that on Drew or is that on the play calling, not being able to move him around and get him out of the pocket to be able to take advantage of his strengths rather than depending upon his weakness, which is his size in that particular situation? It's recruiting. You got to average a 6'5 lineman with a 5'9, five, 5'8 five, quarterback. I mean, you're going to have those. Mm. So I think one of the things that the Saints did with Drew Brees is they had their splits wider. So the passing lanes were a little bit bigger. Now, that's a whole adjustment thing. But, uh, you know, that's how they made it work. I think, if anything, with the situation you're in now, yeah. you got to make it work. So if that's widening the splits of the offensive linemen so he can get better passing lanes or, you know, he's got to work on his technique to throw more over the top, maybe take a deeper drop in the pocket. Uh, there's many things that you can adjust to not having the size with, but, you know, then again, stop throwing it right to him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got a, a bunch of airspace to throw the football. You choose to throw it to where it, get, get, uh, where it can get – 
batted down. So I think changing your arm angle, finding lanes to throw, that's really on the quarterback um, because you're the one throwing it. Shit, yeah. find a way. Yeah. You know? So not much to think about that. As we said earlier, Aldrick estimate goals for his third consecutive 100-yard game. And with that, he spoke to the media. Left, listen to something he said, because you might be able to relate directly to what he talked about. And he was open and transparent about something that he probably did that he no longer does. And it's important that this program moves forward and learns this lesson. Take a listen to Aldrick estimate talking about the success of the running backs and what happened before that one week at a time like uh say that all the time but just you we don't really we don't really try to look at the opponent we just kind of focus on our job and doing what we do like we don't can't just play down on a team we got to play to our standard and i feel we play at our standard every week i feel like we should handle business no matter who the opponent is what's the conversation like in the, in the running back room between you know you logan and chris I'll uh, just honestly just do our job. Honestly, Coach Dillon puts us in uh, uh, the best position to be successful. And just when we all get the opportunity, we just got to take advantage of the opportunity we have. Are there lessons you guys learned from, you know, Marshall and Stanford that to, to adjust properly to have the right mindset this week? Yeah, I feel like the lesson we really learned is just don't take winning for granted because, like, all the older guys, like, they're, they've been, we, Notre Dame's just a winning program, so everyone's just used to winning. And then when you don't get that win, it just feels very bad. And so just don't take it for granted. You just got to come in every week, give a 120% just so you can get that win and get get that outcome because it, does, it doesn't come easy. Mm. Mm. Him admitting that, yo, some of the young guys in this program may have, may have taken winning for granted. We may have thought, yo, new coach, we love coach. We're going to go out there, just roll out the squad, and just roll over teams without putting in the work and without fully buying into the vision of Marcus Freeman. And they found out wins are precious, man. They don't come easy. They might come easy on the scoreboard, but they don't come easy via effort. It takes work to win games in college football. I don't care what the scoreboard looks like. Process, effort. That's what Marcus Freeman has been preaching. And it sounds like Audrey Estimate and the youngsters are finally getting it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just being grateful to understand that it's hard work to win football games. You know, it's not an easy task to do. And I think that uh, Audrey Estimate being a big factor in, 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 in the offense and making it go and being a part of the engine yeah. of of giving us a chance because that's what it's about. Uh, he understands that, and that complements everybody else. When the run game goes well, everybody plays off of that, as we can tell so far, really well. And hopefully in this game, we can show our receivers playing well off of what the run game will look like in this game as well. Let me ask you a question, Left. When you came in as a youngster, what was the feeling like? Because they were just coming off a national championship game against Alabama. Was there pressure as a youngster to put in the work? Or did it get to a point when you get to a 2016 season, 16, 17 season, and yeah, it doesn't go the way you expected it to go? How does it get there within a program, in your opinion? Well, specifically 2016, they played the wrong guy. So 
it just, I told him it wasn't going to work. He just didn't listen to me. <laughs> so I can't speak. I mean, well, then you think about Florida's situation and how it became a four and six, four and six situation. We end up losing. It's the same thing. You know, you can't, you gotta, you gotta do what the team is required at that time to be able to do. And if yeah. guys aren't ready to lead, then guys aren't ready to lead. You're not going to force that uh, situation. And the team knows, you know, os- osmosis-wise, what works and what doesn't work. So if you are doing something that's not working and you're not adjusting to it, which happened to both of the seasons I was a part of, that was four and eight, that when it wasn't working, they stuck with it and kept doing it. It only got worse. And so I think a lot of ego involved uh, of guys going back to – uh, when we talked about Tommy wanting to run his offense and not running what we had, I think mm-hmm. when you get in those situations where you're forcing what you want from the team instead of coaching what's on the team and in the, and doing what the right thing is for the team to be most successful, uh, it's, it's apparent. And you lose games you shouldn't, and it gets people frustrated because nobody knows the answer. You know, it's not a necessary football coach answers to team chemistry answers. So uh, team chemistry definitely affected the Florida season. Uh, I think uh, it affected a little bit of Notre Dame season, but we we had a really young team too in 2016 that I was telling about them, like you got a bunch of guys that are good, but they needed to be led by a guy that's been doing it for a minute. So they haven't been through it. They haven't yeah. been through it. Rolling out a guy that's been reaping the benefits yeah. of a team that was built for winning. You know, that team been playing, had a lot of experience. Yeah. And then you put that into it and then tell that same person to do it with younger guys, it just doesn't work. And I and it didn't work. Yeah. So it just makes it a lot harder. But the good thing is those young guys get experiences through losses um and the and the and figuring it out. And you know that's one of the winning his classes too, right? That yeah. That so it ended up being they learn from it. Yeah, they like, learn from it. So they learn from it. Yeah, they learn from it. So you know there is positive in seasons like that, but to when it gets there, it's more of a forced issue than a they just not good enough. Yeah, and it brings brings me back to something you said last season. You fully were behind giving the reins to Tyler in the middle of the season because you saw this season coming. And you said, I don't want Tyler to be a first-time starter next year going into Ohio State. Yeah, You said that the year before. And I think it goes back to saying two first-time starters in your quarterback room, regardless of who starts at Ohio State, dangerous situation, and then you don't allow them to be insulated or covered by the running game. Right. You you, back to what you said. Yeah, you want to do what you want to do instead of insulating them and allowing them to grow and get better throughout the season. Yeah. And it took that first quarter and a half of Drew Pine to finally realize, like, you know what? These dudes aren't ready to lead. Because I look, Drew Pine is supposed to be a great leader from what we've heard. 
I can't necessarily say I, I've seen that. I can't necessarily say I just, you know, Jared Patterson is the captain of the offense. I've seen Michael Mayer lead more, in my opinion, during the season in certain instances. Tyler Buckner necessarily wasn't a leader. It's tough to put quarterbacks that really aren't leaders and aren't experienced in a situation where there's a lot on their shoulders instead of them just throwing the ball 15 to 20 times, primarily play action, and allowing their running game and their offensive line to lead the way. So, you know, you you were prophetic in that even going back to last season. Even though it might have cost them a couple of wins, the benefit that it would have given to this team this year probably would have been worth the return on investment. Yeah, you would have seen a, a much more fluid offense and a much more confident quarterback running that. I think he would have a better feel for the game himself. He wouldn't be trying to exhaust himself on mm-hmm. two to three yard quarterback runs like that, like he was doing. And a lot of that is just him wanting to play well with what he's given. Yeah. But it wasn't what was best for his ability to keep him healthy all season which is what Brandon ran into a little bit. You know, um, I unfortunately got into a situation like that. But um, I do think that with Drew and his skill set, it can still evolve and and grow throughout the season to where, who knows, maybe he is by USC. We may throw 30, 40 times because he's been building up that confidence throughout the rest of these games and hopefully we get some more wins out of him. Hopefully we will. I look forward to it. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Now, one of the biggest surprises, in my opinion, someone that has taken criticism in previous seasons and previous games, is safety DJ Brown. I think he has been exemplary in his play this season. Right? We know he's not a guy with a lot of range. We understand that. But he's been solid in pass coverage much better in tackling. Heck, the entire team has gotten better throughout the season when it comes to tackling. And D.J. Brown talked about feeling good about finally manifesting turnovers when the opportunities have been there, but they just weren't getting the job done. And they're looking to continue that on Saturday. You know, I think against Stanford, we had probably had like four forced fumbles. Um, and none of them went our way. So it's cool to see, you know, the ball coming our way. Um, you know, Coach Golden has been saying all year, you know, just keep hammering at it and they'll come. So, like, seeing that, you know, come into fruition now, you know, we work on it every day in practice. So seeing that come in the games is just awesome. It's a great opportunity. Left, how hard is it offensively or defensively to know that you're hammering away at something, as he said, like Al Golden told the defense to do, but it hasn't happened yet? Like, does it start – when does it start messing with your mental? I think it always starts when you start losing consecutive games. You lose games you shouldn't lose. And the way you lose games can be frustrating at times because you're thinking, like, man, like, is it is it the assignment or are we just not good? And uh, that can be frustrating for a, for a team that doesn't have great coaching. So, fortunately for us, we have great coaching. So that's that's easy to buy into. It's like, okay, it may not work this week, but damn it, I know his resume. So if I just keep listening, it's just gonna it's gonna happen. 
And yeah. that's the benefit of Marcus Freeman hiring the right people. He could have easily been a head coach and been to DC as well. But mm-hmm. he saw that with the extra benefit of what experience can add to the, to the program, a guy that coming off a of Super Bowl, you know, the kids like everything current and in recent memory. So that's that's an easy sale for not only recruits, but guys that are there that think that, you know, looking at what J.D. Bertrand said in that Oklahoma State game to what came in as a benefit to help him do better. I think that was an easy sale for guys like Falsky to come back, guys like J.D. Bertrand to take a step up, Tariq Bracey to take a step up. You get guys like Mike Mickens in the building that rejuvenates the secondary, and you're like, oh, I'm going to play. I want to be here. So having a coaching staff that's inspiring for the kids, I think always is a benefit in getting through those moments where, oh, it's not working at first. You can trust the process with coaches that you believe in. Let me ask you a question because you just said something that's key. We talked about the players, and Audrey Estime brought up the point of taking winning for granted at Notre Dame. With the new staff coming in, and you talk about it all the time, Notre Dame is everyone's Super Bowl on the schedule. No matter who they play, that's their Super Bowl for the season. Does it take the coaching staff time to figure out, oh, man, yo, we're getting the best shot from everybody. Marshall's giving us their best shot. Cal is giving us their best shot. Stanford is giving us their best shot. Does it take a coaching staff some time to kind of recognize, man, this is different at Notre Dame? Yeah, I think when you're getting guys that aren't ready for the job, you know, or or up for the job or the challenge, um, you know, there's a lot of lazy college football coaches out here. And I think that now we're uh, not calling the Notre Dame staff lazy. No, no, no. I'm saying there's a lot of just in general, comfortable college football coaches that come into these programs that kind of just, you know, ride with whatever it is going with. But I think Marcus Freeman came in with a a determination um, and a different type of vigor that he was going to shake it up a little bit. And I think that was enough of what we needed, which is crazy because it's like we're the we're the minute made in the refrigerator. If you shake it up, it tastes better. But it was already in there. You know, everything that made it taste better was already in there. We, we already had a program that had a lot of great elements and ingredients that was already making it good. I mean, that was an unshaken minute made with still 10 wins. <laughs> Facts. Marcus Freeman came in and shook that thing up, and it's still the same stuff, but it tastes better. Yeah, it tastes like we it tastes like we we just bought it when yeah. it's been sitting in there for about three or four months. So, yeah. I think that's the what he added to it that which is not necessarily different, but it's what we needed to be a better program. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Lefty Podcast, DJ Brown, as we get ready to close, also talked about the preparation for Navy. Yo, we talked about discipline yesterday, right? Number one in the nation, three penalties per game, 23 penalty yards per game. You know, you need to be disciplined to match what they're going to do. You already have the better players, the better talent. You should be able to overwhelm them. But DJ Brown talked about what it takes to really face this Navy offense. Discipline, you know, staying locked in on what you have to do in your job. Um, and then off of that, you know, they pass the ball five or six times a game. But just being ready for the time that they do that. So, How tough is that? When, you know, most games you're, you're ready for it every play, right? But they almost lull you and then and do that. How, how difficult is that as a safety to make sure you're staying at home? Yeah, it's real tough because Navy does a really good job of making everything look the same. Um, so, you know, just like... I think if you're if you're really locked in on what you have to do in your job, like you can read it. But um, you know, like I said, Navy does a good job of making everything look the same. So it's really tough from a you know a defensive side, and um, you know everybody has their single job, and you know my job, you know, will be to cover the slot or whatever coverage we're in, you know, that I have to execute in. So if I was a defensive back, I probably would get bored playing Navy too. <laughs> like, at just a moment when you're bored, you're not looking and paying attention. That's such a cheap way to get them, though. <laughs> it you is. You're going to sleep. Come on, man. Yeah. But like I said, that Navy has struggled ever since they changed the legislation, eliminating the cut block on the second level. It really yeah. has impacted Navy's uh, Russian attack, even though it's still a good Russian attack, and they do what they do. It hasn't been. Their winning hasn't been to the level that it was before that in my opinion, you know, right. so. Hey, once again, 12 o'clock, noon, kickoff. Have your omelets, get you a good breakfast. MNT, Bank Stadium, Navy, three and six, host Notre Dame at six and three. Notre Dame looking to go seven and three and continue the march to the sweep of November. Once again, you can check us out, CFB Nation. Go right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, give us five stars. We appreciate it. We thank you for it in advance. Give us the five stars. We love your feedback. Anytime you give feedback, you know we will respond like we do each and every day on our YouTube channel, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Left, before we get out of here, Question of the day. Let's see what the fans have been talking about before we get to the best time of the show. We got our guy, Steven Martinez, referring back to the question of the day. He said they should just keep it balanced, run the damn ball, and throw in a couple of pass plays. Our guy, Marcel, taps in. 
get Zoe on quick pass game, get his confidence up, Tyree Jet sweeps. And we can get him on the pass game. He's got to catch the ball. Like, he's the only one that can catch the ball. Yeah. He's the only one that can catch the ball. Ryan Loftus, thanks for tapping in, brother. He says, I think Boston College is a good week to really run those pass yards up. Another really bad defense. They'll probably be without their quarterback. Johnny S has some advice for you for Saturday, bro. Find your Waffle House. Do they exist in California? I didn't think so. I'm yeah. trying to get one in the Midwest, bro. So, yeah. No, I mean we definitely don't have it, but Cali's Cali's an interesting place, man. <laughs> Rob said, "Oh, thank you for tapping in as always. Love the noon starts." To me, it forces players and fans to be focused early on instead of waiting around so long. Also forces me to get my adulting chores for the weekend done early. Too. Yeah, true. That's the only benefit. Get your chores. Get up. that complacency. A little lazy on Saturday mornings, Rob. I'm here. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. As for me, I take care of that stuff on Friday night. Garbage, garbage cans are rolled out. Like, don't ask me to go outside and do anything Saturday morning. It's already done. Yeah, man. I taken care of it. I got Ryan lost his great question. Uh Ryan, no, holding stays is healthy. I think. Oh, Michael, is he? Yeah, uh, Michael Mayer was transparent because once they went, once they brought Mitchell Evans back and they were going to go heavy run, those were the two best tight end blockers mm. in the room. And Michael Mayer was very transparent when asked about Eli Raritan, and he specifically said Holden Stace is going to be a beast. He just needs to put some weight on. And Michael Mayer was like, yo, I'm about 250-something, and Holden is really about 230 right now. So that those 20 pounds in the running game mean something. But against the small – factory over there, though. With yeah. The line, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan lost this once again. Uh, I think this is in re reference to what we just talked about left with uh, Notre Dame getting everybody's best shot. And I saw somebody else saying Alabama's been getting everybody's best shot. I don't care about Alabama. Yeah, I'm talking about Notre Dame. And my pushback on this, you go back to the four and eight season. Teams came in here and celebrated like they had won the national championship when they beat Notre Dame. So it doesn't matter. That Notre Dame is good, bad, won a national championship. When teams beat Notre Dame, it's huge for them, no matter how good Notre Dame is. It is huge for them. It's huge for them. And we've seen that. Period. Marshall, Notre Dame was Marshall's Super Bowl this year. That's why they didn't care about the what they happened. They got out tanked after that game. Just tanked. Tanked. It was okay. It was okay with it. Because what are they going to say at the end of the year reunion? They're just going to play the highlights of beating Notre Dame. Go listen to the UNLV postgame. Their head coach was excited to be close. Like, I'm so proud of my guys to come into this venue to play this team and this atmosphere and to show up. It's like, dude. Like, what are you talking? But it's like, dude. People respect Notre Dame and still view it as Notre Dame. 
regardless of what the record is, regardless of 1988, all of that, teams come in wanting to beat Notre Dame. It means something. It means something, which is crazy because the same people and same fans would go on Twitter and say, you guys are trash. You haven't won since what or whatever, whatever. But if they come in and beat us, then they'd be like, yeah, we beat Notre Dame. Notre yeah, Dame, that's it be, Notre I mean, Dame are our sons. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. Ohio State fans are still coming at us, bro, in our comments after the show. Ohio State fans are so, lame. We're your daddy. They're lame. It's like, okay. All right. Yeah. You say so. Let's see what y'all do without C.J. Stroud next year. That's going to be the question. Kyle McCord, that's what y'all riding I'll, I'll, on? I'll be interested in seeing how Kyle McCord plays. That's what I'll they riding on, though. Right. Yeah. I'll be interested in seeing how well he plays. Uh, David Lowe, I wish Peyton Bourne would quit being a diva and just commit. See, this angers me. <laughs> this angers me, man. Because, look, David, with all due respect, you feel the way you feel. But your opinion doesn't make you right. Yeah, it don't make you right. These kids get five official visits, and they should use all of them. What makes him a diva? Maybe you need to look up the word diva. Did he decommit? Has he decommitted? Then he's committed. What's a diva? Y'all need to get over it, man. You can't control the lives of other people. And your opinion shouldn't allow you to make degrading comments about somebody. Why are you calling a teenager a diva for doing what he's allowed to do during the process? That's my problem. Not the fact that you don't like the fact that he's taking visits, but why are you referring to him as a diva? Really? Okay, you don't like the fact that commits take visits to other schools? Fine. But the whole name calling and a diva and all of that, that's that's when I get a little like, come on, relax. You're doing a little bit too much. Get him with the relax. Relax, man. Relax. What are you talking about? How's a diva? A diva. A diva. A diva, bro. Share, like, hit the notification bell. Let everybody know. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Partner with CFB Nation, along with Irish Breakdown. We spent it different. My man called him a diva, left. Some things I will never understand. Oh, man. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction?
Ladies and gentlemen, Petty Your Story today brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com at Premium American Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. Hey, this hurts me, but I have to put one of my own fellow Chicagoan, Isaiah Thomas, on the Petty Train. Look, Beat man. with Jordan. He won't let look, it go. Man. Look, 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 bro. Just let it go, man. <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. He won't. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're not getting until it. you get an apology. What? <laughs> man, look. All the sneaky, let's keep it a bump. All the dirty, sneaky stuff you've done that people could say the same thing about you. And you're just mad because he snatched the city from you. <laughs> and we're talking about 30 plus years later. <laughs> you're still harping on that. Really? Bro, you'll be in the grave waiting for that apology. Yeah, you talking about Michael Jordan now. Like, come on. You didn't you'll see the grave waiting on that apology. Yeah. Come on, man. It would <laughs> never happen. It's a bad look, bro. It's a real bad look. You might want to reel that back in and just let it go. Let it and just, I love Zeke, man. Just let it go. I love Zeke. Zeke was like the dude. He was like the first dude that you came home and watched when you only got NBA games on CBS on Sundays, bro. So you don't know anything about that. You grew up in the really golden age. Oh, the when, golden age. Yeah, when the NBA was really starting to pop globally. Yeah. You yeah. were blessed. <laughs> it, for me, it was either Lakers Celtics on a Sunday afternoon or Celtics Hawks on a Sunday afternoon or Pistons Celtics on a Sunday afternoon or it. Lakers Rockers on a Sunday. It was like literally a rotation of six teams that we got to watch. And the Bulls were like on Channel 26 locally. Sponsored oh by Slits Beer. Like, it was bad. It was bad. And Zeke was the one that everybody in Chicago rushed home to see yeah. when he was on national TV. He Unfortunately, the GOAT came to Chicago, bro. That is what happens. It's unfortunate. And people forgot about you. Even your own family became <laughs> Bulls fans over Pistons fans. He said, and it probably hurt. I'm sure it hurt. I'm sure it hurt, man. You gotta let it go, man. You gotta let it go. It's that short. It's the short people thing that he got. (laughs) Gotta let it go. Short people thing. Shout out to my boy that I grew up with, Mario Dunlap. Checking us out. He said, "Facts Channel 26." Yo, I go back way back. Artist Gilmore, fam. I was watching Artist Gilmore with the Afro. Reggie the Theus. Afro? Yeah, Reggie Theus. I was watching real bad Bulls basketball. Horrible Bulls basketball. And then that cat Black Jesus showed up. And everything <laughs> changed. And every, everything changed. All the suffering was over. Who was it? Who came, who came to town? Black Jesus. Oh, man. That's what they call him. Black Jesus <laughs> with the choker gold chain, boy. You know what he had on, boy. Oh, uh, you know. I don't know nothing. You I know, know the kid from Akron. I know, you know that guy. Boy, he's the only dude. Boy, I know the kid from Akron. Chain. 
Ooh, you know how cool you gotta be to be dropping thirty on cats rocking the choker gold chain on the all court. All I know is that it, I know I, all I know is that uh, it was cool to rock a Hummer when it first came out. I know that. I was still rocking Hummer. Hummer I was a low key. I was still rocking Hummer. You bugging? What? Hey, but honestly, we said this a little bit yesterday. I feel bad, man, because he Bron's starting to break down. Brian ain't breaking down. He is yeah. breaking down. You saw him he, last night walk off the court, dude. You know he's not breaking down because he walked off. He's like, man, I ain't playing with these bums. I don't blame him. Father time winning, bro. I don't know how they're going to end this campaign, this uh, Nike campaign, but it needs to end with father time winning. That's what it needs to win. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. I think he get that scoring title. I mean, it's, it's whatever after that. Man, look. Tomorrow, what do you have? You got your, you got your clean. You flip the script. Stick to the script. Ready for tomorrow? Yeah, I got it ready. First couple of series of plays. OC Leak. OC Lefty is going to let you know. Done against the Navy midshipmen. We'll have that. That's we right. might have a special guest tomorrow as well. And we'll tap into the numbers and talk about the weekend in college football. Some snoozers as some far snoozers. as games. Yeah, some snoozers as far as games. But we'll see once again via CFB Nation and connection and partner with Irish Breakdown. We are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify each and every day. Full shows and parcel partial segments as well and we'll have special content coming up we'll break down Aeneas Williams tomorrow that's what we'll do we're supposed to get to him today we'll do it tomorrow left do some film work with you on Aeneas Williams who probably maybe ends up the next commit to take it to eight commits in the 2024 recruiting class so that should be exciting Subscribe, share, hit the like button. Let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast. It's the fastest growing podcast centered around Notre Dame football. We spin it different. Have a fantastic Thursday. But most of all, man, you got to spin it different today. For me, I'm going to check out that Wakanda forever. I got tickets for that sneak preview, baby. You got tickets for the sneak? Yeah. Going at three o'clock. About to get it in. Y'all better hope I'm not on Twitter spoiling by seven. <laughs> Have a great day, man.